Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We sing glory to his name. That's all. That's the best we can do is just praise him and worship him. We're mere humans. He said, I've come to dwell in you so that you will praise me and honor me and glorify me. And when, he, when we do that, he can be God in our lives. He can do things that we couldn't do in ourselves. So glad that we have a God that we can call upon in the day of trouble. Amen. Can you just lift your hands up one more time and just acknowledge the Lord and his presence and his goodness to us and for us? Lord, we thank you that you're such a great God. You're a mighty God. We worship you, King. We worship you, Lord. How wonderful you are for your love towards us is abounding, never-ending, unfailing, unconditional. Thank you, Father, for your love. We praise you. We thank you. We glorify your name. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Mighty God. Mighty God you are. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord God. We depend. We call upon you in the day of trouble. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Glory to your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's the Lord right now. Just receive him in your hearts. Know that he is a God, a personal God. He'll touch each and every one of you individually in your own way, just exactly what you need. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for touching your people right now, giving them encouragement in what they're doing, what they're facing, and what they're believing you for. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. You know, one... Day, this is going to be over. This life that we live is going to be over. We're going to be with the Lord, rejoicing with Him forever. So we may as well start now and just be excited about Him because He's a great God. He'll come and visit us and be with us and guide and direct us all the days of our life. Amen? Well, I got a great message for you today. I'm so glad you're here. I asked the Lord, bring the people that want to hear something about faith. We're going to talk about faith that overcomes, overcomes the world. That's what the Bible says in 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Isn't that good news? That's great news. And when I first heard about faith, and wait a minute, let me pray. What am I doing here? I'm going off on my own. I'm getting so excited. I got to pray that the Lord would help me speak what you're supposed to hear. Amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear your word and to hear words that will encourage us, build us up on our most holy faith. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think faith is one of the principles, key principles about being a Christian. There's faith, there's love, and there's holiness. Those are the big three. Because what? We are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. And of course, by the throne, what are they saying? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And today, what we're going to talk about is faith. And I was so excited when I became a new Christian and found out about faith. I said, this is wonderful. You mean, no matter where we are in life, no matter what we're experiencing, whether we're down or not, we can call upon the name of the Lord, look at his promises, and by faith, believe that he's going to catapult us into financial freedom freedom, health, and peace of mind. I said, this is, what an invention this is. Amen? We don't have to do it in our own selves, our own strengths. We can call upon the Lord who has made promises to us, and then we can just receive them and be uh, in, in, as Jesus was in this earth. Jesus was never defeated, was he? Was he ever walking around going like, I don't know, you know, this, no one likes me, you know, they're all trying to stone me and everything, and they're probably going to try to kill me, but you know... Some people are not even receiving the messages that I'm giving. 
You know, the first message that Jesus preached, they wanted to stone him. And I'm sure he went home and his mom said, well, Jesus, how was your first day preaching? Oh, not too good, Ma. You know, they didn't, uh, they didn't receive me well. In fact, they wanted to stone me and throw me off the cliff. <laughs> but, you know, so don't feel bad if you're witnessing to somebody and they don't really receive it that well. But I'm so, so encouraged to know that I can be victorious in Christ, not in myself. Because when I got saved, I told the Lord, I don't want to be a man, be pan, be half-baked Christian, you know, just taking everything that comes my way and just accepting it. I wanted to have victory. I, you know, in those old movies, those old Western movies, they'd have the preacher in the corner cowering down, you know, oh, he's just a Christian, he's just a preacher, don't mind him. No, I wanted to stand up and be able to say, oh, no, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you guys need to, too. Amen? So I learned about faith, and I found out that faith is an action. It's not just something you put in your pocket. It's just not something you say, well, I got faith. No, you put it into action. And I can remember, as a young pastor, I was ministering, and we had a friend of ours who would come, and uh, she would say, I just have a burning desire to go to South Africa and minister to the people there. And she would come in month after month and just keep saying the same thing. Ah, I just, I feel the Lord's calling me to South Africa. I just have a burning desire to go. And I kept listening to this for a couple of months, and you know what I finally said? Just go, okay? What are you, what are you bothering me for? <laughs> just, just go, you know? Stop talking about it. And so I really didn't think she was going to go. <laughs> I mean, I was a pastor, not a missionary. I didn't know how to advise her. So little did I know, the next thing she packed up and went to South Africa. She said, you inspired me. I go, inspired me? I was trying to get rid of you. <laughs> but she sent a picture, and here she is in South Africa. Little did I know she spent the rest of her life ministering in South Africa. The only time she came back was to raise money for the rest of her life. She did that. She said, I inspired her. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what was funny is she got really sick. She ate some of those things that you see there on the ground, some kind of inwards of animals that she shouldn't have been eating. And so I said, oh man, that's not good, you know. So not too much longer after that, my son comes to me and he says, dad uh, and mom, I, I want to go to South Africa and help the kids there learn about the computer in the library. I go, why do you have to go to South Africa? Why don't you just go down, you know, to LA or something? Why, why South Africa? And, and that thought came to my mind, I go, oh, no, he's going to eat something, come back sick. And I said, well, you know, you have to be careful, <laughs> you know, what you eat. He goes, I'm not going to eat any of those things, you know. <laughs> I don't even like mustard, so let alone will I eat something that I'm not really uh, fond of. So he, he went there and met up with Sandra, and they had a good time together. She showed him around and took him to an uh, uh, animal preserve. And here's a picture of young youth pastor Charles petting a... Um, little lion there. And so they had a good time, and I said, okay, that's good. So he did come home. He did not have any disease, thank God. And it helped him with his resume when he went to college. And so it was, he got a scholarship because he did this extracurricular activity. Faith is an action. You got to move when you feel the Lord is compelling you to do something, right? So you might think that uh, uh, you, you're, you can't overcome the situations that you're facing. You might look like this uh, guy here, wrestler. You know, maybe you're, oh, wow. maybe the obstacle is just too big for you. 
Maybe you just can't. You think, I, I'm no match for this, this thing. But what did the Bible say? It says, speak to the mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart. But believe that those things which you saith shall come to pass and you shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen? So then, uh, of course, you might think you're too small for what you're facing. You might think, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not talented enough. But God doesn't look at it that way. You know, you're looking at what you're facing, and you got to you know God has given you the power to overcome through his word, not in yourselves. Praise God. And uh, it, it reminds me of Gideon. Remember, the Lord came to Gideon, and he said, I want you to go and face the Philistines. And he said, no way, wait a minute. I'm the least. Uh, my family is the least in all the clan, and I'm the least in my family, too. Why would you call me? He said, go in the power of my word. When God has called you to do something, you can do it. And you say, might say, well, you know, it's kind of dangerous. It's kind of risky. I don't know if I can do it. But it's kind of like river rafting, you know, when you go river rafting. It, it's not always easy. You might come into some turbulent times. And in faith, when you move into a situation, it's not always easy. You have to believe God through the troubles. And they come, amen? And, but you have to say, God, I know you're able to deliver us and, and bring us to where we're supposed to be. Remember when Jesus told the disciples, uh, let's go to the other side with the boat? And there was a great storm that came. And they said, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? And he woke up and he said, what do you mean? He said he, he rebuked the wind and he told the sea to calm down. And he said, I wanted you guys to do this. Why are you bothering me? I'm sleeping. So <laughs> God wants you to move. Because they, the disciples said, what manner of man is this that could speak to the wind and speak to the sea? The same manner of men that you are supposed to be. You're supposed to speak to the wind and speak, speak to the sea. We speak to the clouds and to the rain. No, don't rain on Sunday in Jesus' name. This is the Lord's day. We command the rain to stop. Amen? Amen. You can do that too. So oh, you, you might say, I don't want to be left hanging. Right? like this guy here hanging. But the Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never leave you hanging. He'll never let you be embarrassed. Hallelujah. God has put it into your heart. He will not disappoint you. Now, sometimes we get afraid of things, and I know when I first got saved. I, I, you ever been to San Francisco and you see these people with the multicolored hair and ornaments and, you know, the blue and pink in their hair? And you, I, I was afraid of them. I think, oh, you know, they're hopeless. You know, there's... Don't worry about them. They're, they're never going to get saved. But my friend Sandra, they went to South Africa. She said, oh, when I, go to South, when I go to San Francisco, I witness to them. I tell them about Jesus. And I take pictures of them, too. I go, no way. She said, yes way. And so she sent me a picture here of him being with uh, these people. And so you have to take a step of faith and believe that God has put it in your heart. What he's put in your heart, you're able also to do. You know, that hard neighbor or that hard worker, uh, you know, someone that works with you, they can be reached by God. You just have to ask for the reason and the way to touch him and reach them. Amen. He'll give you the wisdom to do it. Praise God. You know, I, I got a call uh, the other night, and uh, the police chief wanted me to go out and minister to someone that's son uh, committed suicide. 
And so I'm going and I'm praying and go, Lord, help me, help me, help me. What can I say to minister to them? So the whole neighborhood was out there and they're all, you know, grieving and, you know, concerned. And so the Lord gave me the words to say, the spirit to say it with, and it, it touched them. And so the next day, the police chief called me and the captain, thank you so much for going out there. Thank you for being available. So God will use you in situations that you don't really know what to do or what to say. I remember when I first uh, was in pastoral care, when people, when there was somebody that, that passed away, I would like, okay, well, let them handle it. And then the pastor said, no, you got to go in there. You got to get in the mix. You got to get in there and, and make some, give, bring some peace and some hope in the situation. I said, okay. And so you learn as you go, right? And, and so you might say, well, I don't want to take that giant leap of faith. Well, let's look at this guy right here, this high diver. Now, I want to tell you that we're going to have this uh, water event at our next picnic. Hopefully, some of you will sign up to do the high dive. Vanessa, are you ready to do that? No, you're not ready to do that? I'm just kidding. I know it's high. I don't know how high. I don't know. But he didn't start there, did he? What did he start with? Jumping off a little springboard like that. Can you see the fear in his face? I remember. Do you remember when you were young and you did the high dive, the 10-foot high dive for the first time? Oh, man, I thought I would never hit the ground. And he's, oh, phew, but you did. So you might say you're too young. You might say you're too young in the Lord or young in the faith, but God will give you the words and what to say in whatever you're doing. Now, on a personal level, where does faith come from? Anybody know? Cecilia's not here. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. It's not your faith. It's not what you think up in your mind. I just believe God. Well, everybody believe God, believes that God is able. But you have to believe that he's willing and he will do it. And that comes from the heart, not the mind, because everybody knows God can do whatever he wants to do. Isn't that true? But faith is believing that he wants to do it for you, that you have a personal relationship. And the only way you can do that is put faith into your heart. When faith gets in your heart, you start saying things that you didn't think you were you were capable of saying, like, God's going to do it. I remember the first time uh, they told me I had lymphoma cancer. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm a man of God. This, this is impossible. Could never happen to me. And so uh, let's, let's go to Psalms uh, 4, Anthony. So I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give me a minute. I went into the reception area. I go, do you have a Bible here? And they had one, and I went through Psalms 1, Psalms 2, Psalms 3. And finally, I hit Psalms 4. And it said, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. I said, okay, that's what I'm talking about. And then verse 4 or 3, it says, but know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. That's me. The Lord will hear when I call to him. So I went back and I told the receptionist, well, go ahead and make the appointment, but I'm not coming back. The Lord is going to heal me of this, and I'll see you later. <laughs> it took me a month and a half, but God healed me. Amen. I came back, and they said, well, how did that happen? I said, well, I just believe God. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now, here are some scriptures that let us know it's not your faith at all. It's in uh, Acts 3, verse 11 through 12. Now, you know this story. Uh, Peter and John went to the temple, the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and there was a man lame from his mother's womb. They laid him at the gate called Beautiful, day after day after day. That means Jesus went by and saw him, but Jesus didn't heal him. And so as he was going by, Peter and John 
I, uh, the lame man looked at Peter and John and asked for alms. And what did Peter and John say? Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he pulled him up and he began to walk. And he went into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And so they asked him, uh, why? Uh, let's look at verse, do you have 11 on there? Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's Greatly Amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to them, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us, as if it was our own power or godliness that made this man walk? It was in his name. Through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes from him has made him perfect in the soundness of you all. It's not, he, Peter said, it ain't me. It ain't me, babe. It ain't me. <laughs> he said, it was Jesus, the faith that comes from him. And where do you get that faith? From the word of God. You open up the word of God. You keep reading it, it, it for health, for provision, for peace of mind. Whatever it is, put it in there, and then somehow it comes out of your mouth. And God responds, right? Look at Galatians 2.20. The apostle Paul said it this way. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the faith that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The first time I heard that, I was a young Christian in the back. I was talking to the sound guy, and the pastor called him up and said, come up here and give us that scripture. And he got up there, and he just rattled it off. I go like, wow, I want to be like that. I want to be able to have a scripture at the tip of my tongue, be able to say it out of my heart and believe that God will work in my behalf. Don't you want to be that way? Don't you want to have something pop up on the inside of you to overcome the situations that you're facing? It's a good point, good time to say amen, Pastor. <laughs> so faith comes by hearing. I got to help you. I got to preach and help you too. Come on. <laughs> Amen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, Jesus, he talked about faith, didn't he not? He got upset at people that weren't using their faith. Did you know that? He would say things like, oh, ye of little faith. You talking to me? <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. These are his apostles, right? He'd say something like, where is your faith? Where, you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? What's wrong with you? Now, if I said that, people get mad at me. But Jesus, who had accurate pinpoint perception of things, he would, he would call them out. You don't have any faith. Where's your faith? Actually, the Lord spoke that to me one time in an audible voice. He said, oh, boy of little faith. And I'm 35 years old. I'm going like, what are you talking about? Oh, boy of little faith. I believe you for finances. I believe you for everything else. He said, but you're not believing me to overcome temptation. You need to have faith. Where is your faith? Oh, boy of little faith, but he said it with kind of like wanted to elevate me or bring me out of where I was and to slap me in spiritual language and say, come on, you can do it. You, I believe in you, oh boy of little faith. But then he would commend people when he said, your faith has made you well, right? He'd say, your faith has saved you. He didn't say, I saved you, I healed you. He said, your faith, believing in me. Have I not seen such great faith? He calls some people great faith. You have great faith. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Have faith and doubt not. 
Isn't that nice? I, we, we always talk about Gina and uh, Rudy. Rudy was, uh, those of you that don't know, he had COVID for eight months. He was in the hospital, and, and he actually died <laughs> for six minutes. Uh, but Gina kept coming to the church and bugging us, you know, pray, Pastor, pray. You know, you got to pray. Are you praying? <laughs> she would come in the parking lot and just feel the presence of the Lord and pray, petitioning the Lord. She didn't give up. She kept believing God. And lo and behold, here he is. See, the Bible says that we call those things that be not as though they were. They were telling her, you may as well make funeral arrangements for this guy because he's not going to make it. But she was saying, no, he's going to be at our church. He's going to be sitting in the pews and he's going to give a testimony of what God has done for him. Amen? So in Hebrews, are you getting excited yet? All right. <laughs> Whatever you're facing, God's there to meet you. Amen? And, and let his word minister to your heart and have it come out of your mouth. So in Hebrews 11, uh, 1 through 3, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's no evidence. It doesn't look like you're going to be healed. It doesn't look like you're going to prosper. My wife and I were driving the other day. She says, Can you believe? You know, we're going to be married 40 years coming up in October. Hallelujah. Amen. Seems like just yesterday. <laughs> Amen. Will you marry me? <laughs> you will? Okay, praise the Lord. It, it's funny. To, to, you, you got two people, different lives, coming together and joining lives to be one. It, it, it's a miracle, isn't it? It's amazing. But it's, it, it's like two rivers coming together, though. It's kind of rough <laughs> when it comes together, and then it finally smooths out at the end. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so faith in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that were not seen. In other words, faith brings the things that are invisible into the visible realm. How was the world made? God spoke it, and there was nothing here, but he brought it out of the invisible into the, from the spiritual realm to the natural realm. It's the same with us. You look at your bank account, oh, there's nothing happening here. I don't have nothing coming. You, you, you believe God. You say, God, I, I thank you that you're my provider. You, you provide my every need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I gave him the offering like Pastor Chuck said. I, I need to see some you know, return. Hallelujah. I receive your return, Lord God, in the name of you. I had to learn this myself, uh, even in my own personal finances. And then when I got into the ministry, I found out I had to believe that for the ministry as well. But the faith is the same wherever you use it and for whatever you use it for. So you pull it out of the invisible. And so getting back to my wife and I, when we got married, we had nothing. We had zero. You know, I was in a little one-bedroom apartment. She's living with her mom. And somehow, some way, God raised us up. And through trials and tribulations and going through all kinds of things, God, you know, got us in a place where we can have peace. So I look at people that are going through the little trials and errors. I said, don't give up. Keep believing God. He'll smooth it out. It takes a while to get in that position where everything is fine and everything is good. Amen? But, you know, enjoy it while you're going. I mean, those were the happiest days. One of the days is one time we had to refurbish our rental property and move into it. And uh, so we made a mistake, and I made a mistake and hired the wrong crew. You ever had that happen where you hire the people and they really make it worse than what it was? So here we are laying on, a, on a, a hard cement floor with dirt all around us in sleeping bags, 
And the dearest thing to me is my wife cuddled up to me. She said, I believe in you. I, I still believe in you. I'm, oh, that made me feel so good. You know, she's with me through thick and thin. So you, have, you just have to keep believing God. Now, I want to show you an extreme case here. You ready for an extreme case in faith? See how this works. Anybody need some extreme faith? Amen. Yeah, okay, I, I see that hand back there. Let's look at Daniel chapter 3. And what happened here? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know those guys, right? The Hebrew boys. They were friends with Daniel, and they came over when the Babylonians captured the children of Israel and brought them over to an ungodly state where they were worshiping idols and doing all kinds of crazy things. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he said, I want to unify everybody. I want everybody to worship my God. So he made a big statue, a golden image, 90 feet tall. Can you imagine 90 feet, how tall that is? 90, that's like nine stories high and nine feet wide. And he said, okay, everybody, here's how it's going to go. When the music plays, I want you all to bow down and worship my idol, and that'll be your God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, what? I don't think so. Uh-uh, no, 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 not where I'm from. We don't do that. We don't worship idols. And so they call them all together. And uh, so they played the music. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood standing. No one noticed except these certain Jews. Uh, do I have that in verse 12? No? Uh, certain Jews who were, uh, you know, underneath Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came and told the king, hey, king, these guys are not bowing down. You need to do something about that. So the king went over to him and said, is it true, boys, that you are not bowing down? And they didn't answer. He, they didn't even say anything. But in those days, if you didn't bow down, if you didn't obey the king's command, what happens to you? Whew, off with your head. But he gave him a second chance. He said, I'll tell you what. Uh, is it, uh, then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring these boys to them. And they brought them before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, Is this true, gentlemen? Do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, here's their answer. I like this. Uh, oh, no, here's, here's what he said. He said, Now... If you be ready, let me see, there was, there's a part in there that I want to see. Yeah, okay. Now, he says, here's your last chance. If you be ready, when the music plays, I want you to bow down and worship my image. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that will deliver you out of my hands? He's, now, here I titled this message partially, faith for the fire. What would you do in that situation? Well, you, do you have faith enough to go into the fiery furnace? I don't know. Here's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. In other words, we're not even going to think about this one. This is a no-brainer. We're not even going to pray about it. We're in agreement. We are not going to bow down and worship your idols. Let's look, let's look at here in verse 17. If it be so, what so? If you want to throw us in the fire, if that be the case, if you throw us in the fire, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. So here we see two, two uh, descriptions. He's able and he's willing. 
Most of us know God is able, but we have to figure out, is he willing? So they made a declaration. He is able and he's willing to deliver us if you throw us in the fire. But the next verse says, but if not, what if not? If you don't throw us in. If you don't throw us in, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image that has been set up. So a lot of people mistranslate this, and they say, well, it, but if not, meaning if God doesn't deliver them. They didn't say that. They said, our God will deliver us. The next verse says, but if you don't throw us in, we're still not going to serve you. In other words, if you don't throw us in and we're out here, we're, we're still going to not serve you. Do you see how that is? We have to have that uncompromising dedication to believe that no matter what is facing us, God will deliver us. Sometimes it takes time to do it. I think we can all agree that to stand up before the king and the fiery furnace took what kind of faith? Great faith. It's called the gift of faith. In other words, it's like the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke, you know, Words that you would never believe, you know, but they didn't know how God was going to do it. They didn't know if Nebuchadnezzar was going to die, whether the fire was going to go out. But who would have ever imagined in wildest dreams that they would go in there and the fire would not consume them, not even the burn was beyond their clothes or on their hair. They came out like nothing happened, like they went into a closet and came out. And King Nebuchadnezzar looked in and goes, I, there's three in there, but didn't, there's a fourth one too. Didn't we throw three in there? And the, third, the fourth one looks like the Son of Man. Jesus was in there with them. He's with you in the midst of trouble. He'll help you get through. And the king says, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out of there. Now, if it was me, I would say, no, you come in here. <laughs> Let's see how you do in here, okay? I mean, it was so hot that they turned it up seven times hotter than normal. And the guys that threw them in, they got burned up. But how did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just kind of worship the Lord in there, praise the Lord, hallelujah? That's what we have to do in the midst of trials. We have to have joy and peace in believing, knowing that God's going to deliver them. Praise the Lord. So I want to see, the reason why I say that, I bring that up, this is a way that we have to believe God, uncompromising faith. They didn't say, God will deliver us, and then say, oh, but maybe not. That's not, that's not the way God works. It would be like David, when he was going to face Goliath, say, the Lord is going to deliver you into my hands, but if not, we're just going to have a good fight. No, that's, that wasn't it, right? He said, he will deliver me, and he did. It's like Moses saying at the Red Sea, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, and if not, well, we're all going to drown. No, there's no plan B. There's no second you know, chance. There's this, it's either yay or nay, right? Isn't that what... The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. amen. So I've been there where I've been believing God and my you know, petitions haven't been answered, but I don't blame God for it. I don't say, God, you messed up. You didn't, you didn't fulfill your promise. It's on me. What did God say? If you can't believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Are you believing? Not with your head, but with your heart, believing that no matter what happens, you're continuing to believe that what God has promised, he's able also to perform. Is that not right? Amen. So let's just take a moment, take a breath, and just say, okay, you know, there's things that you're facing, things that you're up against, and you say, you know what, I don't see that promise come true yet, but I believe you, Lord God, that you're able and you're willing 
to do what you said. And I believe that the word that you've deposited in my heart will come to pass, and I'm continuing to believe through faith and patience that you will do those things that you have promised us to do. And I just give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just take, just think about the things that you're facing right now. And just take them up to the Lord. He wants you to believe Him. He wants to see uh, you see Him work in your behalf and deliver you from all that you're facing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song, I Sing Praises to Your Name again. Ron, if you would. I sing praise to your name, oh Lord, I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised, I sing praises to your prayer wherever you are whatever you're going through I can remember times when I'd go into my bedroom and just cry out to the Lord say Lord deliver me bring me to perfect health in the name of Jesus and during those times when you're believing God your spirit is open to him you're one with him you humble yourself and say God I'm just flesh 
but I know your spirit is alive on the inside of me. Lord, give me more days to serve you and to love you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord gave me extra days to love him and serve him and to love you. And so I'll do that until the end of time, until my time is up. And you too, serve him all the days of your life. Give him all that you have. Because when this is over, you're going to see him and he's going to ask you, what have you done with my name? What have you done with my son? What have you done with what I've called you to do? And if you can answer, Lord, I did what you called me to do, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Jesus, on his last day here on earth, grabbed his apostles, and they had the Last Supper. And he said, I'm going to give my body and my, and my blood unto you for salvation. Lo, it is written in thy book to do thy will, O Lord. So, Lord, I go willingly and I go sacrificially to see your will be done for my people and your people. So he said, as oft as you do it and take communion, do it in remembrance of me. So we remember him this day as we pass out the, the bread and the cup. Know that God is working in our hearts to bring us closer to him. Praise the Lord. Take the bread, symbolizing the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that was given to us. Take and eat.
Then drink of the cup, which represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Take and drink. There's a spiritual connection when you do this. The Lord said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. We remember you, Jesus. We remember what you did for us, and we thank you and praise you for it. Glory to your name. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending your Son to deliver us from evil, to bring us into complete and total fellowship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.